we've got off a call with a customer that they've been really cranky at us and we're trying to do our best, yet people are kind of coming at us left, right and centre or, or, you know, we're just looking at our profit and loss statements and they're not looking as good as they we would hope. And, you know, you get that feeling, but yet you still have to show up and you might have to lead a, a meeting, you might have to pitch for new business, you might have to get on with your best customer who's not happy with you. So you've got to change your state. So how do you do that when you are feeling really low and uh, not so great? I'm really excited to welcome speaker and author Heidi Denning to Intia Podcast, who listeners may remember gave members excellent tips on building resilience a year ago during one of our webinars, not long into the start of the lockdowns. Since she was last with us, not only has she kept very busy with the programs she offers to help leaders and teams across the globe to better deal with all the stress and uncertainty that this ever-changing business environment has created, but she was also named Best International Keynote Speaker for the 2020 Influential Businesswoman's Awards. Welcome, Heidi. Great to have you back. Um, as I've said, could you give us a bit of an intro- introduction before we catch up on what you've been doing for the last 12 months? Yeah, thanks, Lewis. It's wonderful to be back um, with the Fincia community. And uh, it certainly has been a roller coaster of a 12 months, hasn't it, <laughs> since I was last with us? No doubt about that. But, uh, you know, it's just a brief in- intro. I, I, as, as you said, I am, I'm a keynote speaker. And depending on restrictions and lockdowns, that's either <laughs> on stage at conferences or it is virtually through a screen. Um, so that keeps changing, as we know. Uh, but I have, a, I have an education background. And uh, so what I like to say is that any of the strategies uh, that I help leaders and teams um, put in place when we are going through challenging times, they're all based on science. But not only that, they I've tried and tested them with my own kind of weird and wonderful adversities that I've gone through. And I think, you know, it's one thing to be able to read a textbook and say, oh, yes, that might work. But unless you've actually tested it to see with yourself and then with others, and that's what I like to be able to really honestly be able to say that what I can um, support teams with during challenging times are strategies that are practical and relevant to the ever-changing business environment that we are in. And I've had the privilege over the last 16 months to really put those strategies to the test uh, just to help everybody through this really tough time. So, you know, you gave us some fantastic tips last year. Um, you know, I remember uh, the, the sort of bucket that we, you know, when it was working well and gave us some insights. Are they still applicable or have you developed, you know, new things for us to, um, you know, as, as, as we've all been learning? Uh, they are definitely applicable. I, I suppose what has certainly come up for me in the last year around this topic of resilience that I, uh, I specialise in, I suppose, I think the word's been used so much, it's actually been diluted a little bit. And uh, that's obviously a worry for me when I'm kind of knee deep in the industry. <laughs> but uh, I, what, what I don't like is the way that people have, t- um, they're defining others as resilient or they're defining organisations as resilient by their ability to bounce back. And we keep hearing this terminology that you're resilient if you can bounce back. 
Well, I don't actually, I don't see resilience like that. I don't think we should be measured from our ability to bounce back. I believe as individuals or as organisations, we are resilient if we are going through a challenging time or we have and we're able to learn something, we're able to reflect on what we've learned, take that learning, whatever it is, those insights, adapt it to the new challenges that we know will continue to go on. We, we have them all the time. It changes daily and weekly. So we can actually bounce forward. We want to be able to move forward. We do not want to crave what we used to have because that's when we get stuck and paralysed and, and don't know how to take those little steps forward and, and to innovate and be creative and change our business models as the world continues to change. So I suppose the work that I've been doing in the last year is helping organisations with their leaders and their teams to understand that bouncing back is not something we should be measuring ourselves by, but in fact being able to extract our learnings from these challenging times so we can continue to adapt, innovate, be creative and move forward, bounce forward. Can you give us some ideas of, 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 of you know, the practical ways that you, you, you know, you, what you actually do? Uh, I'm, I'm sure that uh, members would love to um, have some practical advice. Um, but, you know, it was very good last year and I think that's um, that's what we all need. Yeah, sure. I actually call it the resilience wrap, R-A-P. R is for reflect, like really sit and, and think about the challenges we've had. Now, we, so yeah, I'll just quickly, R is for reflect, A is for adapt, P is for uh, progress. So when we're reflecting on what we have learned, and that can be, that can be professionally or personally, like we have all gone through tough stuff before. And sometimes we just have to remind ourselves that we have gone through tough things before, we've learned from them, and look, here we are. Here we are still. We have moved on. And sometimes it's believing and trusting in ourselves that we actually do have the ability to go through tough things because we have done it before. So I have different activities that I will do with a team on how they remind themselves of those tough things they've gone through. Um, so we just, it's that, that belief and our trust in ourselves that we can do this. Um, you know, depending on the industry, uh, you know, when you think of the, um, of the finance industry and, you know, they've gone through massive royal commission, they've had to make massive adaptions. There's been different legislations that have come because of that where they've had to adapt the way they do business on a day-to-day business interacting with customers or within their teams. I mean, there's that was one incredible adaption that went on then. But, of course, even with the way uh, the last year has gone for the finance industry, they've been under so much strain and pressure as we've gone in and out of restrictions. People have gone into such a lot of stress about their financial situations and whether they are able to pay back their, their, their mortgage repayments or, you know, I know people on the interface in the banks are having to deal with customers coming in, being under extreme amounts of stress themselves. You know, there's on on the lines, there's just people like screaming at the poor people on the other end. So like the, the amount of overwhelm and stress that the finance industry have gone through is just incredible, but they've had to continue to adapt to 
change with this business environment that we're in so they can continue to move forward because what choice do we really? We, we don't have a choice unless we are just prepared to give up and that's, I know, um, not something none of us, any of us want to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so then reflect. Can you give us a little bit more about, you know, then the adapt and the progress thing? Are there any tricks, things that people can do or, you know, without giving trade secrets away, but, you know, little, uh, some, something that uh, maybe somebody that's uh, listening in now, would, you know, can do for themselves uh, while they're on their um, fifth Zoom call of the day or, or whatever. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I spoke about that, reflect, you know, reflecting on the tough things you've already done just to, and then to have that trust in yourself, definitely. And, and that can be either as an individual, like, you know, I know, you know, I've had some extreme things where I've been forced into a car with an AK-47 at my head. I've had to make the final I love you goodbye call to my husband as a life-threatening tsunami approached. I've woken up in a burning building with petrol, that petrol bombs were thrown to burn us alive. And last year, you know, as a keynote speaker and someone who's doing training and development, I lost 90% of my work within three days. So, you know, when we go into this restriction this time and it's, again, made a huge impact, I just remember those things. I, I've done some tough I've done tough stuff. Everybody has. And I've got through. Um, so when you're feeling that overwhelm and I can't stand one more knock from the universe, um, as humans, we're actually really good at picking ourselves up. Um, but that's where this adaption part comes in because we can only adapt and be creative and innovate if we have first looked after our physical and mental health. So that's a lot of the work that I do. You know, none of us, none of us have the ability to perform well, to be productive, to focus, concentrate, think outside the box, look look at different industries for ways that they're doing things that we could perhaps adapt to our own industry. We can't do any of that if we are so stressed out, overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, burnt out. That cannot happen. Our brain shuts down. It doesn't allow us to be adaptive. So what we look at is, you know, getting that, that foundation of health right first before our brains can actually function properly. And that's when we can start to progress forward. So, you know, it would it always depends on the challenges a particular team or an industry are experiencing. Um, but we, you know, we start at those basic levels. So, so then what what's the next step then to progress it? What, what's, yeah. Uh, I will ask that. Just sure. I think everybody wants. They were, yeah, without doubt. And, you know, I there's there's... Kind of two parts, like last year, uh, Lewis, when you talked about the resilience bucket formula that uh, I spoke about, and that is like, this is, to me, that's a sustainable plan that allows us to continue to progress. So as a quick recap, it was to be still 10 minutes a day, best case scenario. You know, if you can only start with one minute, start with one minute and yeah. just build on that every week. So that's the first thing. Perfection's a fairy tale. I just want to say to everyone, you didn't, you know, just start small and make little micro steps. Find joy. Now, we want everyone to be happy every day, but I'm talking about scheduled joy. What's one hour a week you can schedule joy in? Now, that might be a massage for an hour. That might be when, in normal circumstances, when you're playing golf or tennis with, you know, your, your friends, or it could be, you know, catching up with your girlfriends or 
mates at your swanky wine bar and having a cocktail, whatever it is. But schedule an hour of joy in each week because life can get on top of us really quickly and we're finding ourselves just scrambling the whole time. The third one was chill out for one day a week, sleep in, stay uh, one day a month, sorry, sleep in, stay in your gym jams, slouch on the couch, uh, you know, binge on Netflix, whatever it is. Everyone's working so hard. We all need to chill out sometimes. Now, that might not be, you might not be able to do it for a whole day because of responsibilities you have with your family or whatever that might be. But there's no reason it can't be for two hours, perhaps one morning, just to chill out. Number four is live life. Don't use your long weekends to clean out the kitchen cupboards and Marie Kondo, you know, or your drawers. Actually do something. And, of course, you know, we're in lockdown right now. That's not possible. But it's not not to say that you can't just do enjoyable things, whatever that means for you, uh, but to truly try to live life under the circumstances we're in. I suppose the one thing that I have added to that formula, I think, since last time we spoke, Lewis, um, and I think what I've realised more than ever we need, uh, and even if you can't do any of those four things, this one is the most important one to be able to remain resilient when there's really uncertain times ahead of us, and that is to connect more. Connect more with other good humans who put a smile on our face and some warmth yeah. in our hearts yeah. because we know just even professionally uh, when we are so disconnected in different, not in the same workplace at the moment, you know, people working from home, that that connection piece is so important within teams yeah. that we find ways to connect with each other. And it also is outside of our work environments that we still continue to connect, even if it has to be through devices. It's absolutely crucial. And it was interesting. I, I had a radio interview a couple of weeks ago in regards to the whole um, who's fared better in lockdown, introverts or extroverts, because they had thought that introverts were going to fare better because they, you know, didn't like as much social mm. stimulation. But, in fact, what the uh, all the psychology uh, research that they've been doing over this past year is showing us that it's taking away the choice of either staying home for a quiet night in or going out for a fun night out that impacts everybody the most. So it's not about being an introvert or an extrovert but because the problem with introverts is they still don't make the effort to perhaps, you know, make the Zoom drinks thing happen with their friends Yeah, yeah. or they'll turn their video off during work meetings um, so that connection piece is they're finding harder than what the psychologist, has, the psychologist thought in the first place. And that, and that whole thing, I mean, I, I, you know, this this whole connecting uh, remotely. I think you'd mentioned, you know, when we were sort of speaking and preparing this, that you know, people just don't want to do the the events remotely. That you know, we we did a lot of webinars and they're very good, very instructive last year, but perhaps they're not being as well received. Is there something we can do to structure this kind of connection better? <sighs> It's hard. It's, it, well, it's hard when you don't know how long we're going to need to do it this way, I suppose, because when we, when there's an end in sight, you feel like you can make a plan to do it, but when there's no end in sight, I think that's where everybody's really struggling and it's that uncertainty that really chips away at people's ability 
I mean, everyone's feeling just so low and unmotivated right now because of the uncertainty and, uh, I mean, that's what I've, uncertainty and overwhelm. Uh, but the, you're right, the connection piece, when everyone's sick of doing it this way, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I know all the events that I've had for, you know, from June through to December, probably 90% of them have made the decision not to go virtual. Uh, they have postponed them which is really interesting because last year uh, they were all willing to mm -hmm. do the virtual. But, yeah, people want to be in a room together. As humans, we we know now more than ever that we crave other other humans around us and that's, that's a hard thing for everybody right now. I suppose we do, yeah. But we, it shows that we, you know, going back and um, sort of, thinking about something you said last year, you know, and, and adapting slightly, we do need to look forward and find that something will find your in. That that holiday, I think I remember, remember you yeah. saying last year. Yeah, um, yeah. There was well, a sort of actually, I mean, sorry to interrupt, Lewis. I mean, last week Lifeline had the most calls they have ever had ever. Wow. You know, people are really struggling. And, I mean, it's great on one sense that they are, they are um, reaching out for mm -hmm. help. Yeah. And I think, I think that's one thing that's come out of this last year, that there's been a little bit of the stigma taken off the mm. fact that we are wobbly, as I like to say, you know, we are wobbly and and it's okay. It's actually, I, it, to me, if you can reach out when you are wobbly, that to me shows you have a lot of courage because it does take courage to reach out when things are not going well and for you to say, hey, I'm actually not okay right now. Can you help me? There's, there's something that you did mention um, to me, and, and I, I'll pick this up again. And I, and I know, we, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of this research as well about that, you know, we are struggling. Didn't know the lifeline was that, but um, uh, it was the highest ever. Um, but you did say that, you know, as we're, we're in it for the, you know, the foreseen future, there were some things we could do instantly to buck the, you know, the, the downward spiral, so to speak. Maybe you could just, you know, touch on that briefly. I'd love to because these, these three things I'm about to share is, to me, one of the most important things for all of us right now because we find ourselves daily getting into that really low state where we're feeling overwhelmed and just in a, that meh, in a slump. And there are three, well, before I have two of the three things, you know, we've got, we've got these situations at work where perhaps we've, we've scrolled the news and it doesn't look good and it's made us feel pretty foul. Or we've got off a call with a customer that they've been really cranky at us and we're trying to do our best, yet people are kind of coming at us left, right and centre. Or, or, you know, we're just looking at our profit and loss statements and they're not looking as good as they yeah. we would hope and you know you get that feeling but yet you still have to show up and you might have to lead a, a meeting you might have to pitch for new business you might have to get on with your best customer who's not happy with you so you've got to change your state so how do you do that when you are feeling really low and uh, not so great but you've got to show up still and you've got to change your state and there are three things that you can do the first one is laughter. If you can find a way <laughs> to have a big belly laugh very quickly, now that might be because you've got someone that you know tells a really good joke and you can give them a quick call. Or you might be someone on social media. I, I personally follow Celeste Barber. She is hysterical. 
And I'll go, if I'm in this, I'll like, I'll quickly go on to Instagram and I'll look at her video for the day, which is less than a minute. And I just cack myself and I, my state immediately changes. Or you might love cat videos or whatever it might be. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. find that one thing that makes you laugh. That's number one. The second one is movement. You know, best case scenario, you can walk outside, get some fresh air, feel the sun, you know, look at the nature. That That is great. But if you can't, you you know, there's different stretches you can do from your chair. Just get up, sit down, get up. <laughs> Up, up, down, off your chair like you're doing a squat, you know, 10 times, run on the spot like really quickly, uh, whatever that might be, but move your body, get the blood flowing because that can change your state really quickly. Yeah, yeah. And the third and final one is music. Music just has this way of really, I don't know, getting into ourselves nearly. And I think we all have that one song that we absolutely love. And I really recommend, and this is what I do and I teach everybody to do, is bookmark that song so you can quickly listen to it. I'm going to quickly play you mine and see if anybody else loves this song. Can you hear that? Yeah. Yeah. So Mr. Brightside the Killers is bookmarked on my computer and if I need to quickly change my state, that's what I play. Everyone's got that one song that does that for them. Uh, yeah, and I think that's appropriate. You know, I mean, definitely, uh, I, Heidi. I think that uh, we're probably coming towards the end of, and, I, and I'd like to finish on a good note. But I also, I know that you do have some um, um, a scorecard that you have as well. But what I will say, and um, I think what we'll do is put that in the links to uh, this along with um, for members who've uh, stayed with us this far, which I hope they will have done because I've got a lot out of it, but um, we'll put the webinar uh, that was done last year back up for people, um, front and centre for them, bookmarked, so to speak. Um, and and um, I'll also, I mean, look, on behalf of the members, I'll say thank you very much. Again, it's been brilliant. Um, while I don't want to be in lockdown at uh, Christmas and New Year, maybe we should make sure that we do speak and um, see how we're all doing then as, as a way of checking in on each other. Um, That's great. But, um, yeah, on that note, though, again, um, for the killers and Mr. Brightside, thank you very much. <laughs> um, My pleasure. Half of them. <laughs>